Hello and welcome back to the Double One Radio Gamescast. As always, I'm your host Ryan, and I'm joined by my lovely duo of co-hosts, Alex. Are you the day that we're filming this? Because you're a ten out of ten. <laughs> oh no, Wyatt! I can't follow that up. <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> There's I'm, no way I can introduce you that's better than that. I should have said Alex second. I don't know how to react to that. Move on. Segment over. All right. All right. Segment so over. It's episode number 80. We're going to be talking about game betas on, in the light of the Battlefield 2042 beta coming out, as well as a lot of game news, because we've got a lot of news this week, including the Twitch kerfuffle that happened. <laughs> I think it's the best terminology I can use. Uh, and and just talking about games we've been playing, because that's what this show's about. So, everyone ready to jump in? No. No, but okay. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and start with some aggression to make sure everybody is is ready for this topic. Now, oh, I want you all to tell me, because we're going to talk about what games we have been playing, I want you to tell me what games you aggressively have not been playing. All right, so I need to know a game that you two, for some reason, aggressively do not want to play. The the less re- based on fact and actual game, the better. <laughs> well, this is perfect for me. A uh, Battlefield twenty forty two beta. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can't. So, not anymore. It is and that's off the to shelves. everyone's benefit, but we'll get oh. into that later. So I no longer have to aggressively not play it. You can you can just passively not play it. Mm. Um, uh, my copy of Fallout Four that I have collecting dust. Mm. Um, because I tried it. I, God, I don't know how many years ago it was. Um, but I I, I used it to try to stay up all night because I had to for some operation that I was having. Because <laughs> with many, Fallout Four. Many, Many, many medical problems. Um, but, yeah, I, I had to st- try to, like, have no sleep. So I was trying to yeah. play that throughout the entire night. And I quickly realized that a, a, a lot of things about it, but it, it's... <laughs> it didn't tickle the, your jimmies. It's not the Fallout game for me, no. Never, my, never say that again. My jimmy That's a phrase. Settled. I well, you know what? Actually, no. Like the phrase is "rustle your jimmies." That's the my, phrase. I well, also don't like that. My 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 jimmies, Ryan. My jimmies are stock still. Okay, <laughs> great. Now, Wyatt, what's your you're aggressively not wanting to play this game? Now, now to to make sure we're all on the same page, aggressively not playing means like I'm actively like relishing the fact that I'm not playing a certain game. You can so interpret that that sentence however you want to interpret what? it, Wyatt. And let's say, just say something. Let's say someone sits you down on the couch, puts a controller in your hands, and you see the game that you don't want to play on the screen. Uh, do you use the controller? Uh, do, do, you, do you throw it at the screen or at the person who gave it to you? Yes. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably Avengers on, on Game Pass because it's there. And I can play it, and maybe in my uh, most <laughs> horrible depths of my of my uh, being, I am kind of curious. 
But at the same time, I know as soon as I pick up a controller to play it, I'm going to hate it. And so I'm like, you know what? I've already played one bad game. Just like let it, even though let it rest. Yeah, yeah. It's like I've already I've already subjected myself to one bad game this week, and even though it was a beta, it made up for being it, it was so bad that it made up for being a whole bad game in and of itself. And so I don't need the stress of playing another bad game this week. Maybe for the nice. entire month. So. Right. <laughs> All right. With that. We're going to take our, our that nice segue of talking about this month and move into the news from this month. Wow. Because it's October. It's October now. Oh so we God. get to do we have the first week of October that we can talk it's about. It's time, time to peel off my skin and become the skeleton. Well, great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, always love when you leave us on these notes, Alex. <laughs> so the first Where major these thing. Where did come from? We're just going to get out of the way. So the entirety of Twitch leaked. <laughs> like, like all of it. Faucet. Would you say that it got its jimmies rustled in front of every single person? <laughs> Twitch got their jimmies rustled. <laughs> real heavily. Uh, Twitch got so, their jimmies shaken. So the gist of what happened <laughs> is that a significant portion of Twitch's source code and some of their uh, backend stuff got leaked including encoded passwords, so most likely nobody actually has unencrypted passwords to things. But, safe bet, change your password, enable two-factor, until we actually know if anything real bad's coming out of this. But the uh, the major thing is we have a bunch of source code for a lot of things, and Twitch has had a massive security vulnerability show. <laughs> so, this sent everyone into a panic for like two days. Mostly resolved now, but that was a uh, an interesting morning to wake up and have Alex in the chat going like, "Hey guys, Twitch got leaked," <laughs> and then look down and be like, "Well, uh, the biggest news is that all the payouts of basically every top streamer and well, every streamer in general is leaked. So the top 100 is what we have actual information on here." We we have a gamer Pandora Papers, is what you're saying? <laughs> we do. So this is from August 2019 to uh, December of, of last... No, October of this year. So yeah, up until current time. Uh, anyone want to take a, a quick guess, if they haven't seen it, what the top payout from subscribers is on Twitch right now? Um. Oh, first one is going to be my actual guess. Second one is going to be our obligatory yeah. name-calling. Um, first one, Amaranth, because... Okay. Of course. Uh, second one, Asmongold. Uh, both Asmongold. incorrect, Wyatt. You have anyone to throw in there? I, I do, uh, only because I know about this crazy live stream <laughs> scheme that he pulled a little while ago. I'm gonna guess Ludwig? <laughs> Ludwig huh. is up there. He's number six. He is not number one. Number one is Critical okay. Role. <laughs> really? Oh! Which okay. is very interesting, because they are... Comparatively to most of the people on this list, one of the lower follower numbers. I think they're at 800k followers, which means that they have like an insane <laughs> number of their followers that are actually like paying money or using the Twitch Prime to do it. Although my my justification for that is mostly like, oh, it's probably because a fair number of people that use Twitch to watch Critical Role maybe aren't that interested in video games in general and like wa watching a lot of streams since it's a D and D stream. So they might just be using their Amazon Prime 
on Critical Role because like they don't care about much other content. Oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And Asmund Gold is all the way down at number fourteen. Is Amaranth a... on there? Yeah. Amaranth is on this list somewhere. She is not near the uh, top. Where's, I, where's oh, Ludwig? Thank God. Ludwig is number is, six. Like, I, yeah, I was gonna say Ludwig. Like he had that whole thing where he basically kept his stream going. Like, like his his stream wouldn't stop because any anytime he would get a donation, it would add time onto the stream. Essentially, oh. so he ended up streaming for what was it like a whole month straight or something Holy like that. Crap. It was. But, uh, I, there I was like exactly more than one person on his stream. I think when he was doing that, I don't think it was just him on stream. Well, no, I mean he had to, you know, he had to fill out the time somehow. Yeah. But that's still like. Well, because Twitch implemented, I think they implemented. End of last year, a rule where you can't just stream yourself sleeping, <laughs> because there were people that did that. <laughs> there, there were, and like, go. That's what he did, though. I remember, I remember well, logging onto it one time, and he was. That might have been a reaction head. to his stream. Some, <laughs> some, guy, that okay. was. So, okay. some guy got famous off of that, and like letting people mess with his Alexa and wake him up. That dude's still fine. Right? That's like a he has a. There's a guy I think he streams mostly on YouTube, where you can like chat to have different things happen in his house. And he like records a little robot. That goes around. Then, it's going twenty four seven, basically. That's both then, really funny, one, but also horrifying. And and then at one point, because I remember this from a specific meme that I saw of it, someone just doxed him using his Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> just said his address. That's pretty bad. I didn't know that happened. Uh, uh, you can see him bolt upright, scream, and the whole thing's bleeped. And out. to answer your question, Amaranth is at number forty eight. Oh. And I think uh, what what mostly surprised me here. So these don't include donations, which is probably that might boost Amaranth's uh, yeah. spot a lot higher because obviously those are done generally through PayPal and not Twitch, so they're not using Twitch's actual subscriber numbers. But yeah, Everybody it is just chatting channels. It's interesting to look at because a lot of the at least subscriber channels, like top subscriber channels, are not the like meme content channels. They are legitimate streamers that are doing legitimate in the way of like they're the people streaming video games most of the time like asmongold's yeah. up at number 14 when so. you think of a streamer you think of a video game what a streamer what god i'm feeling like uh god what are some other ones i know xqc xqc is number two. Oh, yeah he's number two he's right really? after critical role wow so. and then there's a pretty much a, there's a big gap from him to summit 1g so the the top is a lot of people you'd expect if you've been following streaming for the past couple of years so is is Ninja up there? I feel like he's a... He doesn't stream on Twitch. Ninja's not on Twitch anymore. I think he yeah. is technically on this list because he made enough money in 2019 <laughs> to wow. make the list. So I think he's like in number 50 or something. But I'm pretty sure he is. Oh, he's 46. There he is. So he's on that list. <laughs> your Your Ninja fans are there. Uh, what really surprised me here, though, is I think uh, a lot of the, the amount of money that people are making is really high. Like, everyone on this list basically is above the million-dollar mark in these two-year period, like, two-and-a-half-year period that this has come out. So, it's a lot of money. Why but... am I trying to be a game artist? <laughs> <laughs> At least for some of them, it's not as much as I thought <laughs> for some people. Mm-hmm. Though I think it heavily depends on if they're, they're people that are like one-person teams or multi-person teams, because like Critical Role being the highest subscribed team, Critical Role is a lot of people. 
right? There's like a core cast of seven people, and then there's also all the production crews that yeah do the live show. So that is not like a one person earning. Whereas Asmongold is basically one person making that whole number. So it's a very different thing. I'm sorry. Wait, wait what was that? That last streamer you um, just mentioned. What's his name? Asmongold. Asmongold. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I love how he's the person we've chosen to piggyback off. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, who? Which person are we talking about? Asmongold. Asmongold. Yeah. We're gotcha. piggybacking off of Asmongold's success. Yeah, right, Asmongold's success very much. Popular Twitch streamer Asmongold. Look, I do actually look. <laughs> we we joke about Asmongold. I do feel for the guy because he just put out a whole thing about like he's he's going through some stuff right now. Oh. With his mother, so I'm very sad to hear that because his Final Fantasy 14 streams are really entertaining. Uh, We're not, so when we when we do this, we don't make fun of. It is um, good-hearted. Ribbing. Yeah, it was. It was. If you don't know, it was basically just because we had we had put him in the title of one of our streams, and it got significantly more <laughs> views than the other. So now it's an inside <laughs> joke where we just have to name drop him everywhere. So just for context, if we make, we're not making fun of the person. We're making fun of a inside joke. Basically. Yeah, Asmongold in the critically acclaimed free trial of Final Fantasy XIV that includes the expansion Heaven's Word up to level sixty. Go, you know go what? I'd that. like to change my answer. The game I am the game I am <laughs> enjoying not playing is Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV. Hey, I enjoy telling you to play it. So the more you don't play it, the well, more I, I win. enjoy <laughs> not playing it. So you know what? Keep we're it both coming, winning then, buddy. Yeah, exactly. All right. This is growing out of proportion like a festering tumor that now has... So, Wyatt, you mentioned Avengers and aggressively not wanting to play Avengers. Well, my my desire to aggressively not play Avengers has massively risen in the wake of them adding paid XP boosts to the game that they specifically said they would never do. I gotta wonder, what's the logic here, right? Like, what is... There's logic? You're finding logic? Because <laughs> I'm wondering... I, just, I almost wonder if it's if it's the kind of situation where like no one cares what happens to this game anymore. So we we'll, we'll eat out like five dollars from the the people that'll pay yeah. this five dollars. If we, if we do this, people might get mad at us, but also people don't care, so maybe people won't get mad at us. And we'll the 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 two and a half people that are still playing the game, we can squeeze out a couple of extra buckaroos from them before the, the, we lose the, them. the fact that they are doing this and they are going back on something that they I don't know if they promise. Uh, we can't hold. Any they did say they didn't. They weren't going to add a system like this at all. I do remember yeah, them. They, they also they said it at the time when they slowed experience gain in the game down from what its original level was. So it's been a sketchy. What, what I'm couple months. what I'm gaining here is that they didn't put it on paper, so they aren't holding to it at all. Oh, they put it on paper. Um, they just didn't put it in a legally binding contract. They put it on Twitter. So yeah. They were like, we're not going to do this. And we'll Which is the exact it. opposite is, of, a, of a legally binding contract. <laughs> Twitter is a legally binding contract depending on the amount of people that listen to you. Yeah. And if it's the two and a half people, it's just two and a half people that are going to maybe get upset over unnecessary monetization. I mean, I think that the big thing is this... let the studio do it more in the future yeah. and get, get away with this. Absolutely. I, I, I'm still going to call it a predatory. It is predatory. Like, it is. But it's it's so. This is like what gets me. This is like, if, this is like if like the Titanic was sinking and it somehow ran into another iceberg. Because <laughs> what I don't get with this is I feel like everyone who has been playing this game from the start that has stuck around doesn't need an XP boost, right? They're already max level. So 
the, are these XP boosts for players that might go and like play ga- play it on Game Pass and be like, oh, I want to get an XP boost. But I feel like the game has such a bad reputation that the people playing it on Game Pass are going to see this and then go like, oh, I'm not going to play that. Like, I think they have lost far more potential revenue from people wanting to buy cosmetics than they have just by this news existing. Like, this is one of those things where it really feels like this was a huge backstep for them of, oh, we maybe had a little bit more good faith after this the Wakanda thing launched. It was apparently pretty good. And then they're just like, hey, we're going to add the things we said we wouldn't add, and we're going to make it so you're going to pay money to get more XP. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> it's also the thing of, like, if you need to add an XP boost to your game, your game is either balanced really poorly or balanced intentionally to want people to get an XP boost, right? Which is what I'm thinking. Which is... Well, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough faith in them for that. It's just a, a weird situation to put yourselves in, because why would you do that, <laughs> right? Like, it's the kind of thing where I see... Uh, an XP boost in like Valhalla I'm not that angry because Valhalla isn't balanced around it when you go play Assassin's Creed you can tell that even though there is some annoying leveling stuff you can pretty easily stay consistent with the main story if you're doing main story in like one or two side things that's not entirely true at least at the start where I was playing I didn't hit a a wall there's a moment in the story where you have to bump up like 15 levels from one mission to another. Yeah, I, I haven't hit that, so like I, that. I don't know. But that was that was such a kick in the balls. <laughs> well, I never experienced that in Odyssey. And like Watch Dogs I... Legion didn't have that issue, so Odyssey I had more of a problem with it. Really? That, Odyssey to me felt a lot worse than Valhalla did for balancing. I've always felt like I was on the same level that I. I think because in Valhalla you can still kind of fight enemies above your level. You won't do great, but you can like. You'll get one shot if you make a misstep, but you can still kill them. The leveling in Odyssey was way more aggressive than it was in uh, Valhalla. From yeah, it feels more stat heavy. I I don't know how it is in Far Cry Six because I haven't played it yet, but uh, I've heard the leveling in Far Cry Six isn't too bad. Yeah, just things to be aware of. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. We don't need. uh, Not every game needs levels. (laughs) That that's one thing, and then also. I, I'm the kind of person where if you're having leveling in your game, you better have a skill tree, right? You gotta have something I can use those levels on, so... yeah. I don't know, I don't, I don't like the sound of how Far Cry 6 is doing it, even if it's not that bad. The lack of... At the, at the very least, there was a lot of cool unlocks in Valhalla. Yeah. Like, there was Valhalla's some cool got some abilities. great, like, star abilities that you unlock. Yeah. The, you saw the assassination... I, it's an Assassin's Creed game, so you must still somewhere have the assassination ability, or the well, the assassination you all you have it you get that in the story at the start, and you, there's also a setting you can turn on so that assassinations ignore levels, so you can play the game. You can stealth. actually you can actually assassinate people hmm. in an Assassin's Creed game. It's, and it's even without it on, it's still pretty easy to assassinate people without it. Is, is it's it a pretty revolutionary? Is it a thing where you have a hidden blade because they they themed it in Odyssey where yep. it's okay you have the yep. spear. Not only, not because only Odyssey was hidden before blade. hidden blades were a thing for a while. It was basically, oh, yeah, or, Origins. Origins was the was or Origins was the origin of the of the Brotherhood, and Odyssey yeah. was the origins of the Templars. Basically, oh, like yeah. the best way to describe it, because the Cult of Cosmos was is what leads to 
eventually leads to the uh, the Templars. Don't worry, this wow. isn't like story spoilers. It's stuff they tell okay. you at the start of the game. As soon as you're I, introduced I, to these things. It's heavily I, hinted at, at very early on. I, I, if you know I, anything I, about Assassin's Creed, you know where the Cult of Cosmos is going. I finished the main missions, and I was surprised at how little current day content there was. In, yeah. Yeah. In which one? Odyssey. In, in Odyssey. I was expecting, you know, like at the end of the story for Cassandra or Alexios, there would be something that would. Well, uh, we'll not spoil the ending, but yeah, <laughs> it, I, I get what you're saying. All right. Moving on from that bit of Avengers news. <laughs> That's not that right talking to talk. <laughs> Again. <laughs> we got our big announcement of the final character for Super Smash Brothers. And somehow, some somewhere in this universe, they figured out a way to make Sora able to be a character in Smash. <laughs> because I think the important thing with Sora is, like, even if some people aren't happy about it, I mean, I grew up on Kingdom Hearts, so I'm I'm not gonna say I'm disappointed. I I, I would have preferred like Master Chief or something, even if that's super pipe dreamy and wouldn't happen because they're not on the Switch, but. Uh, Sora is, is a character that I'm definitely happy to see is there, and it's also the character that like fits the cast very well. Very uh, a child oriented series that fits in with the rest of the Nint Nintendo stuff. Mm. But man, the licensing nightmare that has to have been to get the music and like the oh. Disney characters. Yeah, it's they're gonna have I... the Disney characters in with them. Probably not. We we don't know for certain because the final Smash was not revealed at the talk they did. Uh, for whatever reason, they said we're gonna have to see the final smash in the game, so it's possible they show up in that. Uh, and the they're stage, kind of hyping it up a little bit. Who knows? Yeah, the stage is not one of the Disney worlds; it's one of the original Kingdom Hearts worlds. A cool one. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so it, it's a stage people thought what we get. It's Hollow Bastion, which is a, a like one of the final levels in the original Kingdom Hearts. That's really cool. But yeah. It's not involving any Disney characters, so it seems like we probably won't have like the final smash with Donald and Goofy, hmm. but uh, who knows at this point. I wouldn't be I, I, too bothered if, they, if that wasn't the case. I didn't grow up with Kingdom Hearts at all, uh, but I do know that it's like a character that people have been asking for for a very long time, yep. and so leaving it as like the final character makes a lot of sense. Honestly, my only, my only issue with Sora being the final character, is that it's not Zagreus from Hades. Look, that's, I, like, that's my only issue. I um, love that you're pulling for Zagreus, but he is not a final Smash pick. <laughs> he, he could be. He could he be could a Smash be. pick. He cannot be the final character, right? Maybe not you, the final character. No, no, you gotta that's, have that's some there. weight to the final character. So final character has to be Master no, Chief, for... Sora, or like Doomslayer. Yeah. <laughs> Something ridiculous. Doomslayer. And Doomslayer uh, yeah. is in Smash now. <laughs> What? Yeah, Doom Slayer's in no. Smash is a me costume. It's a me costume. It doesn't oh, count. I was it's say, like it, the best looking me costume. I'd That's like, true. That's true. I'd like Doom Slay I'd like a Doom Slayer outfit in Animal Crossing since they came out the same day. <laughs> That'd be That'd pretty be great. great. That'd be great. No, I just man the entire time ever since I played Hades, I was like, he needs to be a Smash character. Like he just he fits way too perfectly like yeah like the if moves you were to that try, would be really cool if you're trying to get like master chief or doom guy which i would also love trying to like uh trying to take their games and their mechanics and like putting it into uh 
moves in Smash that would make sense is like a little bit weird. Like it would be a little. It would, it would be less be unique because it'd basically be like first person shooter. Any first person shooter character would be ported over the same way. Of like you have your yeah. grenade, you have your your melee attack, you have your I will shooty say, shooty. This is gonna this is gonna be a very hot take. If you want to know how to take a shooter character and put it into a Smash type game and make it really interesting and unique, look at the way they handled Nathan Drake in uh, PlayStation All Stars. I know that's not a very good Smash game. I know. I get it. <laughs> However, his moveset was really cool, and they utilized a lot of that series' like, uh, stuff. Weaponry. Like, yeah, like, for example, it's like, oh, if he's jumping, he's, like, swinging on a rope, and he's swinging forward, but he's also shooting an AK. Or he has an attack where he pushes a, a barrel towards someone, and it can trip them up, and you can also shoot the barrel, and it explodes. I mean, you also got Bayonetta. like, side a really good like character that uses guns in Smash where like just holding a button down extends every single ability you have by shooting. So you have like a long yeah. range attack. Which I think is like, I a really cool way of porting that. There's a cool one too where like one of his attacks is like he, he goes behind cover and then he shoots from behind cover so he can he can you like know, block a projectile. Block a projectile. It's cool. Like it just you, you take a character that doesn't really fit with the other... Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. It's hard to do that in Smash, though, because th those do involve... The, the infamous story of, like, Snake in Smash doesn't have guns, aside from a rocket launcher, because there wasn't a way to, like, kidify them. Yeah. So that's always the issue you'd run into, and I think that's really the thing that would prevent Master Chief and Doom Slayer from being in it. Because you can say, oh, Joker has a gun... Joker has a gun because the gun in Persona Five is a is a pist is like a BB gun. It's not an actual gun. It's an airsoft gun. So, which is why <laughs> Zagreus would be perfect. Like I can, yeah, because you can do bows and stuff. The entire move set in my brain as we're talking right now, like it, it's <laughs> so perfect. Like you could have a really cool stage. Like his final smash could be a lot of the different like uh, calls and stuff from the from the various gods and stuff, which would be really cool. Oh man. It's making me sad. We'll it's do it's our making own, me sad just thinking about it. We'll, we'll talk about our own Smash character picks at some point, but it is nice to see Sora finally getting his due. And it, it was is. revealed he is the most requested character for Smash ever. Oh. He, he won the polls they did for characters, but they couldn't talk about the final results because they didn't want to disappoint people with not being able to put Sora in because of the licensing nightmare back in the 3DS Smash days. You know um, what? I think I know what his final Smash is. <laughs> it's trying to explain to people the plot of Kingdom Hearts, and then that the would be just amazing. Explode. Yeah, he's just talking really quickly and brings out like a whiteboard. That's pointing when, to yeah, it. Yeah, whenever you trigger Sora's final smash, it starts a anywhere from a four and a half to eight hour long YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the or the donkey yep. one trying to explain it, or it's just like the, the, he pulls up the whiteboard and it's like that Charlie Day meme where he's like. <laughs> Freaking out, and he's got like the string and the and the like. There is a video of you on YouTube of someone doing that. It's a like a four hour long video of someone doing a lecture to explain Kingdom Hearts, and it's one of the most funny YouTube videos I've ever seen. You would need to be an entire college class hilarious. to explain it properly and really dissect it. <laughs> it's great. All right, moving on. Unfortunately, Dragon Quest's uh, main composer Koichi Sugiyama passed away. He made it to ninety though, so so he had a good run. But Sugiyama is no longer with us. Probably doesn't mean anything for Dragon Quest music because most of the games haven't used him for their main composer recently anyway. They've used him for like one or two songs, but 
It'll be sad when Nobuo Uematsu stops making Final Fantasy music. So I always like to hear, or I hate to hear when these. I like to hear. I hate to hear when composers pass away, especially when they're they're not working on projects anymore. Because Sugiyama had worked on projects relatively recently, so that's unfortunate. Uh, Idos Montreal and Idos Sherbrooke have shifted to a four-day work week. 32 hours and four days. They were the first AAA game studio to make that shift. Wait, 32 hours, four days? I can't do math. That, that is just minus a day. It's a five-hour work week, minus oh. a day. You aren't doing extra hours. So, oh. proper four-day four work week, which is wow. in a really cool thing to do. Uh, having been in games, I don't think games are one of those areas that benefit too much from that extra work day. Unless you're in, like, the production department and you really need to organize meetings or something. <laughs> you know, you could, you could say, that's pretty gamer of them. <laughs> sure, Alex, sure, you can say that. <laughs> you, you, can physically, you can physically say that with your mouth, just in the exact same way that I would physically throw up as soon as you say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> as we talked about earlier... Uh, we had had mentioned Pokemon Legends Arceus and how it looked like the map was not open world. That is now looking to be true. The map is no not open world. It's like segmented Monster Hunter style into different locales. Huh. So not open world like like some people have thought. Okay, they didn't say it was open world. No, they never said it was open world. They said the environments were fairly open. So that's like field style environments. You're not going to get your top down cave environments that you'd see in the classic Pokemon yeah. game, you're getting like the yeah. wild area for the whole game. So, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, I'm hoping that game comes out and is pretty decent because I, w- I would love to see a, a good Pokemon game launch. <laughs> yeah. 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 Alright. And now, the best news that I have heard in a very long time. Randy Pitchford has stepped down as Gearbox president. As Gearbox software president. So importantly, Randy Pitchford is still involved in Gearbox. He's still a Gearbox executive. He has just moved to their film and TV division and is no longer Ryan, in I have their to gaming stop division. I have to stop you. Can we take a second and just give a standing ovation to this, yep, to, yep. this deve- to this current developer? Yep. Just... <laughs> For everyone listening, we all did just give a standing ovation. So... And for those of you who have eyes, you may have seen that I am, in fact, one of the people who subscribed to Critical Role on Twitch. Oh, <laughs> don't worry, Alex. <laughs> so am I. I have my Critical Role masks over there. So, ding, ding dong, ding dong. The Wicked Witch has stepped down. <laughs> ding dong. The Wicked Witch is now in another department. <laughs> ding dong. The Wicked Witch is playing D anD. d So. <laughs> Just, Hopefully I'm, he won't go around the uh, Borderlands movie set and bother people anymore. Hopefully, I feel like he is, no. Hopefully he just he only does that. You just keep him out of the games. That's hopefully all he does. That's, hopefully that's the worst he does now. Yeah, like like that. That's the limit of his of his it, horribleness. It's like Luke Smith's deal in Bungie now. <laughs> He's so, the vent goblin. Randy Pitford is now the Gearbox vent goblin. <laughs> I think that's a, a good role for him to be in. So, <laughs> I would also describe him as a goblin, so it's kind of perfect. Yep. New World is a game uh, a lot of us, we've been hearing a lot about the past few, few weeks, has server transfer conundrums. 
And this is a thing that it takes me off when devs do this. They say, oh, we're going to release server transfers so you can play with your friends on whatever server after the queue issues are resolved. Because importantly, the queue issues for New World have been resolved for a while now. They added like a metric ton of servers, probably the most servers I've ever seen in a video game. There's like hundreds of them. That's probably uh, some good, good Amazon money. Good, good Amazon AWS out. money. So oh, yeah. they got that. And you can basically play the game whenever you want. But they have revealed a bunch of restrictions on server transfers that are coming for free uh, that they had specifically stated were not going to be restrictions. So you can't transfer regions because infamously EU servers had a huge queue time on every server. So a lot of people that were on EU went to US East Coast for their servers just so they could play the game for a little while because so, they can play the game. So this is the same thing as like you, you, the, the, what you can and can't move between in yeah the the critically acclaimed final fantasy 14. yep yep it's it's Are the you same too? Kind of you too? <laughs> so <laughs> that happened and they've also pushed back the release date for those free server transfers another week to two weeks because they weren't meeting requirements which like i'm not gonna say that's a bad thing because obviously if they weren't working you can't release them <laughs> so there's not much of a, of a defense on the delay but I do think what they really need to do is figure out how to allow these cross-region transfers because New World is not a game that's easy to restart in <laughs> if you are invested in a character. It's it's a lot of work to build that character up. So it's going to be pretty annoying. And I, I could see a fair number of people quitting if that's what they end up doing and, and not allowing people to play on their regions. So that's pretty pretty negative. And our final bit of of negative news... That I think Wyatt's not gonna like. I don't know if you've heard about this little game called Back for Blood, Wyatt. Oh no! So Back for oh. Blood. Oh no! Released a, it didn't release a thing, but in the early access, someone discovered that if you were playing Back for Blood solo, you cannot get achievements, you can't earn any player progression, you can't unlock any cosmetics. Basically, you can't do anything that has any form of progression at all if you're playing solo. What? Importantly, you Why? are still the solo play is still connected to the server. It's not like it's offline, so you, you can't you're not getting around anti cheat by doing this. You just don't get to do any progression. <laughs> this what is incredibly frustrating. <laughs> what the hell are people smoking that they think this is okay? Because I'm like, if I go play Deep Rock Galactic, right? And I go in a, in a solo mission. It's going to be a different experience than multiplayer. But I can still do the missions. I can still do the things I want to do. It'll probably be a little bit slower than with other players. But I can still relax and play the game. With Back for Blood, they're just like, oh yeah, you can do that. But you're not going to get anything. You're going to get no progression. And from what we've heard, when you're using the um, solo campaign, you get every single like card unlocked at the start to just make the decks... It's extremely confusing as to why this is how was, it works. Was there Already. a reason that they said for this, or did they, did they just say, eh, deal with it? I don't know. This is Because this is a thing people found in the early access, so oh. it is... I mean, the game releases... Not in, the game releases the day this podcast comes out, so... Oh. Uh, people hearing this, if they've changed it, I would love to see that. I highly doubt it, considering this news came out less than a week ago, like three days ago. So I don't think it's going to be changed. 
and it's real disappointing. So yeah, I mean, not I mean, this this kind of game, this like genre, already has a hard enough time selling itself as a single player experience to begin with. Because nine times out of ten, you're going to be playing with bots that have little to no comprehension of what's going on, and so it's it's already a difficult sell to play this game solo. So the fact that you're not even going to be getting any rewards from it is just another kick in the teeth on top of that. And I think the thing a lot of developers don't realize is that those players that want to play these games solo will put up with a little bit of like bot shenanigans to play the game solo, but they probably won't play it multiplayer. So I think they are losing a a significant chunk of a yeah. like zombie shooter player base here because every single other one offers that option. So it's yeah. really disheartening to see that this game does not. Uh, especially considering it's on Game Pass. So it's hard to recommend for anyone that wants to do solo stuff. And even then, I'm just thinking of like, well, what if you have connection issues and can't reliably join matches with other people? Now you got to do it if you want to have that that reward structure. So oh, well, unfortunate that's news. Bird. Yeah, that... I'm not happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guess what you weren't happy with? What else you weren't happy with, Wyatt? Is it finally time? It's finally time. <laughs> Go it's finally off. Time. Okay. Go off, I guess. So, okay. I don't even, I'm trying to like organize my thoughts in a way that's coherent. So, um, to, those, to the two of you that, that don't know, um, there was a beta for Battlefield 2042 um, this, this week, or over the course of this week. Yeah. Um, the other thing is Brett isn't here. Brett and I played it a lot. We played a little bit of it together. Uh, we spent a significant amount of time uh, in our Discord uh, talking about it. Yeah, um, I tried to play it, couldn't. Partly right. DICE's fault, partly the fault of my internet provider right now is having issues, so not entirely certain whose fault it is yet, but not great. Right, right. Um... I, I don't even know. Where, I don't even know where to begin. It, it's okay. So to, to just summarize, um, I'm going to be talking for Brett. We had talked about like if Brett wasn't going to make it to the show, you know what do what did he wanted me to talk about? With the exception of like one or two things, our our opinions on it align very similarly, which is a rarity for Brett and I. <laughs> so um, it's a game that's so bad that it brought Brett and I together. It's it's kind of it's it's a miracle. And for what it sounded like, um, it's just extremely misguided in what it's, people want to see here, from Battlefield. Here's the, thing, here's, the thing, here, here's the thing about about Battlefield, right? Whenever they market a Battlefield game, they're always like, "Oh, it's these giant maps with with all these players, and it's chaos, and there's tons of explosions everywhere." And that's true. The thing is, there's always there's always a certain amount of of mode of organization to the chaos right and that comes through a couple of different things that comes through your classes and how um and their various different roles and how they work off of each other it comes from squads and squad commanders telling their squads what to do and the and and what that and what those things do is that it really takes this giant map and all these players and it organizes things in a way that that even though there's a lot of different things going on, it's all it feels like it's all in service of something, right? This 2042 is the exact opposite of that. 
the classes are so like customizable and loose that there's no there's no sense of organization anymore. Because you can basically <laughs> equip every weapon on every specialist, yeah. right? You pick you pick your operator or your specialist or whatever it's called that has like a look and maybe they have like a unique it's like they have a perk and they have a um like a unique piece of gear. Uh, and that then sounds you, pretty generalist instead of specialist to me. I'm not even done yet, though. Then you pick your your uh, loadout package, which is like your your support loadout, your assault loadout, your medic loadout, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that, you, uh, there's also you can pick whatever weapon you want with whatever attachment. So, <laughs> assault rifles are no longer just for the assault class. Uh, light machine guns are no longer just for the support class. You can be a medic with a big like light machine gun and a rocket launcher if you want to because you can also pick your own gear and your grenade types so Mm. having any kind of distinct class is completely out the window because it's basically just whatever you want to make which seems cool you're not going to have a reason to try different loadouts anymore exactly i as someone who's very much an assault rifle person like that's usually my go-to weapon in a multiplayer game i am no longer uh, encouraged to try the other weapons. It's like, no, I just want this one assault rifle that I really like for all my classes. There's, it's absolutely like formless. There's, there's no, there, there's no uh, organization to it whatsoever. You can just be whatever the heck you want to be. And again, hmm. because you no longer have that organization, it is just a complete just mess. Everyone's running around with with whatever they want, and so. You're not picking up ammo. You're you're not getting ammo from people that have ammo because you don't know who who does and doesn't have ammo. You can't uh, tell like, oh, we only have like two medics on the team because only two people wanted to play um, Falk or whatever the heck her name is. Like, there's just there's no coordination whatsoever. And on top of that, one of the biggest things that's one thing that's really important for a battlefield game is the comma rows, which is this. Uh, which is this list of commands and requests. So if you're in a squad, but you're not the squad leader, you can, or even if you're the squad leader, you can request to get picked up in a ride. You can request ammo, health, you know, what's the next objective and stuff like that. No things like, you know, um, positive, negative, whatever. Like, and if you're the squad commander, you have like, okay, we're going to attack this objective. So you can tell your squad what to do. So even if you guys aren't talking to one another, you still know what it is you're doing that in this beta completely gone it it did not exist now i learned after playing the beta that it is in the game but it's not in the beta they're going to be releasing it at a at another time so we don't even know if that's a launch or not but apparently it is in the game somewhere and that was answered on a like a q a form or something like that yeah not having that in a battlefield game again it's really confusing there's no it's such an important part of battlefield like i i cannot stress enough if you're not telling your squad what to do they will not work together and they're just going to run all over the place they're going to run to the nearest explosion basically and now that this map is absolutely huge there's 128 players running around now no one wants to do anything it's it's uh, like it was just the 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 best way to describe it was a, a a unholy combination of Modern Warfare's Ground War and Star Wars Battlefront 2, like the newer one. It, you just take all of the worst aspects of those and you just cram them together. Because 
The biggest takeaway was that there was no squad play whatsoever. Whatever squad I was in, they didn't care. They were in different corners of the maps. They were doing their own thing. Well, because there's no incentive in this one, right? Right. There's no no one telling you, like, no, we're going to go to this objective. We're going to do this thing. It's not even there's no one telling you to. It's just the game doesn't make it possible. Right. And like, and because there's no classes where it's like, oh, I want to stick closer to my squad because I'm going to need ammo. I'm going to need health. I'm going to need someone to take out the, uh, you know, I'm going to need someone to take out a tank because, you know, I'm a, uh, a medic or whatever, and I can't take out the tank. You rely on your squad because they help round out your, your overall kit. But because everyone can make whatever they want, that's completely out the window. Everyone, it's just every man for themselves, and it's a bunch of headless Rambo chickens just running around trying to yeah. get a good KD. You know, what? whatever you want to say about Battlefield 5, a lot of people don't like Battlefield 5, and I get it. The thing is, that game had probably the best, like, squad play and the best squad mechanics in any Battlefield game. It was, it did such a good job. In the state it's job. currently in, not in the state at it's launch, currently from what in. I heard. True. But in the state that it's currently in, we're just going to go on that basis. Right? But importantly, the state- they dropped support for that game as soon as it hit that state. So I, I wonder if that's what's going to happen in 2042 now. Right. Are they going like, to fix in, 2042 and then just drop it? Like <laughs> in in 5, if doing? you're not with your squad, you're screwed. Like you can I mean you can request for ammo and just maybe someone else from another squad will help you out, but it it was so imperative in 5 specifically that you stay with your squad because again, it really helps round out your composition of of your squad. Here it doesn't matter anymore. And so it's just this this unorganized, unmotivated, just chaos. And it wasn't fun. It was really boring, actually, just because it just felt like things were happening without any. It's missing the the like soul of Battlefield that you come to yeah. expect from the games, which is which is accessible strategic fights. You know, where 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 squad commanders are like, okay, we need to take this objective for these reasons. It doesn't matter anymore. So it it was it sucked. You know, and and. A lot of the other things that makes a Battlefield game a Battlefield game aren't there. Like, I, I felt... Brett and I kind of disagreed on this a little bit. I felt like the game looked really flat and dull. I, I wasn't a fan of the... of Because um, they always have, like... Whatever state a Battlefield game is in, they always look gorgeous, right? Like, they're always, like, just absolutely pushing Frostbite to its, you know, to its absolute limits. Like, even Battlefield Five, You look... You go look at Battlefield Five. that game... Whatever you want to say about it, it's gorgeous. It's 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 an absolute beauty to behold of, of a game. And and specifically here, it's like a lot of the character models just look really outdated. The the map is really like just dull. Like there's nothing interesting about it. There's there's a couple of buildings, there's a lot of open fields, but when I think of really cool battlefield maps, I think of things like from five, I think of Twisted Steel, which I is do wonder if they if they just chose a bad map for the beta, because from what so I, I obviously wasn't able to play it very much because of the tech issues I was talking about, but I did watch them play it for a little while, and there was, like, the the big the map's big gimmick was the tornado and the rocket launch, and the rocket launch was super underwhelming because, like, yes. it didn't I was, I leave was getting a, to an that. impact on it. And then the tornado here's, here's... looks really cool, but, the like, two times you guys got it to spawn in a match, it didn't even enter the map. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So. And we played, and I played quite a few matches because I wanted to see what the tornado was like because they were hyping it up so much. So, you, you know, well, hang on, you're you're saying like either open fields or building. What is the setting of the map? It's, it's like, like a, a NASA a, base or something. It's like some space. Or something. Base. 
Well, there's a lot. So, well, there's there's a giant like rocket launch thing, and then there's this giant like it's called building. orbital. So yeah, there's that. There's a that couple. That makes me feel like it would be fighting on a space bridge, which I would much prefer. There, there's a couple of um of areas. One cool thing that they that is kind of there that could be interesting later on is they had some environmental like uh, hazards that was kind of interesting. Like they have these giant um pods where if you shoot them they shoot out a bunch of it was called like cryo uh mist or something and if you got near it it would like damage your character because it was this like super cold like so you could like use the environment to your advantage yeah and that was kind of cool but then there's also like an oil rig on like the other side of the map too it was just and the thing is is that it's like very clustered and not really well thought out well that's the thing it's not though because the map was gigantic like there's these there's a couple of areas with like some buildings and stuff, but for the most part, it's just rolling hills, a bunch of flat land and stuff like that. Like it was really boring. And a battlefield map always has some cool like twist to it. I would say most military, like most good military multiplayer games has like some sort of twist to their map. Like uh, Call of Duty does this really well. I, I uh, What comes to mind specifically is the map Crash. It's like a classic modern warfare map where, you know, it's this kind of like... Um, small sort of city map but then right in the middle there's this giant helicopter crash and they usually put a lot of objectives there and it's the in this this like open square so there's a lot of like running to that area and there's a lot of you know the map has a, a solid identity yeah whereas this is just super boring like just bland like blech. like i got bored of it really really quickly yeah, and like the other thing I think of when I think of a dice game, I think of really good sound design. Not just good quality sounds, but also the way that they use it and 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 um their use of like spatial audio and stuff has always been really really good. Here it's like super flat and basic. Like Brett Brett was describing it as like it feels like an indie like shooter that's trying to like be a battlefield to game mimic the AAA proper, sound. Yeah, yeah, and not a proper battlefield game because it it just the big thing to me too is the lighting was super flat. My thing is like if you have textures or models that don't look great, if you have really good lighting, that makes up for so much of that. Or, or you can have a really good model and if you have yeah. bad lighting on the model, it makes the model look a lot worse than it actually is. And so lighting to me is really really important and here is just super flat. There wasn't anything interesting about it whatsoever. It was just it broke my heart. <laughs> the whole experience Which broke is weird because like we've seen that that one skyscraper map they kept showing off in the trailers. I feel like yeah. that should have been the beta map, right? Like the one yeah. they used for the advertising, the one that has a skyscraper falling down, you've got this massive crash, you've got people parachuting from the top of the building. I mean that to me seems like a map with an identity that you'd want to show off yeah. in a beta like this. So that's concerning. I, the other bit of information we've been told about this is that this beta is based on a like two to three month old build. This is like I feel like we're in we're in Groundhog Day with the Halo thing again, right? Like, like the build from January has returned to haunt us. Oh no! I I feel like if you're a developer, right, and you're going okay, we're we're gonna show off a beta to people, and it's gonna be a month before release right and we're going to uh pick one map it's one game mode it'll be controllable so we don't have a lot of bugs then why is your menu system so bad why don't you have a shooting range in the game so like 
that was my one of my biggest problems is I couldn't check if it was a borked install or an issue with my network because there was no shooting range. There was no way to, to test if the game would run on my computer without going into a multiplayer game, which I couldn't get to work. So, and I'm, I'm going like with the Halo Infinite playtest. I was able to get in fine, but I also was able to, before I went to a match, go to the shooting range to test out the guns and get a feel for the game. And unless you can't do that. So yeah. there's a whole sequence of things that are just... It's like a comedy of errors at this point where so many things with the, with this beta were going wrong. And I think like the game was supposed to release in like two weeks from this, and then they yeah. delayed it like three weeks after that. And it doesn't seem like enough if this is the state the game is in. It's concerning. Yeah. So. I, I, and what they kept saying too is like, oh, this is going to be a Battlefield game that like fans of four specifically are. Fans of four and fans of 2142. Which is like, right. those were the games that I loved. Now, and now the two things with that is for fans of 2142, I don't think they went far enough in the future for this. This, yeah. when I was playing it, it really feels like a modern shooter. Because maybe... 2142 was able to do a lot of like goofy pseudo future military tech things of like the transforming weapons. And you had the attachments coming on and off mid battle, which I think this game also has, but it just feels like a lot of the stuff they did there was grounded in realism, but far future enough that they could get goofy. And here it doesn't seem like they're able to get goofy. It's, with anything. it's really just modern. Like, yeah, it's really just a modern military setting with, one or two cool looking gadgets and guns that look slightly different than they're obviously than what they're obviously inspired from. Like the setting is not pushed nearly far enough for it to be interesting. Yeah. If you're going in thinking that it's a futuristic shooter, it's really not. It's a modern shooter with like one or two kind of cool gadgets. The other thing too, is I, I feel like when they say that it's, it's a game for like fans of battlefield four, but I think a lot of people were missing from battlefield one and battlefield five was that it didn't have nearly as much customization because it was limited by the setting it was in. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of progression to your character, a lot of unlocks. You had the whole thing of you can get the different pieces of gear to pe like fit on your attachments and whatnot. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't nearly as... I, I mean, like, the way that Battlefield 1 handled it, if you wanted a gun with, like, a different... Um, with like vastly different stats you just you had to buy the same gun that had slightly different attachments on it like it was it was a weird system and it wasn't what people yeah. wanted and, and and five had its own weird system so a lot of people were excited that now oh this is a, a modern or postmodern setting that will have a ton of customization i feel like they went so far in the opposite direction like I was saying before, you have too much customization because I haven't even gotten into the other level of customization, which is once your boots on the ground and you're playing, you can pull up your gun and switch attachments in the middle of like while you're playing. It's a system that was like copy and pasted right from Crisis. I can't believe. Well, no that was in twenty one forty two. It was. Okay, I do not remember that. My my apologies. Yeah, I believe but, that was in it, and that was like a, a really cool thing, because you would have weapons where you could pick and choose if you wanted like the scope to be long or whatnot, and there was there were reasons built into the map to actually switch those things around, mm -hmm. whereas it really felt like, from what I was seeing of you guys playing, there, it doesn't seem like there'd ever be a situation where you really needed to change your loadout, because you could just make it be everything all the time, essentially. Yeah, so. well, again, it, that's not as interesting to me. Like, I, I guess I'm just more of a fan of having defined roles on the battlefield because, again, it organizes. Well, because in 2142, right? from what I recall playing that game, the defined roles were from the classes. 
Right. So you would still be locked into your classes, but you could change equipment on the fly to be like, okay, I'm going to go in with a silencer so I don't draw attention on the mini-map in this close quarters bit, but it's going to lower my damage at range. But now, so but now everyone can use whatever There was always want. a trade-off, but you also had like, okay, if I'm doing that, I probably want to be the class that has like an assault rifle and not the class that has the sniper rifle, because obviously it won't be as effective. So you had actual decisions to make with that, whereas removing that play of choosing what options you want at your disposal kind of yeah. disconnects well, from what it should be. And in a in a perfect example of how like just slapped together to design feels to me. Like perfect example. You can fit like I think you can hold up to like two different scopes plus just your iron sights when you're switching weapons in game, right? For the assault rifle, there's an ACOG scope and there's a red dots sight. And I'm like, okay, if you're in a building, you might want to switch to the red dot sight because it's going to be a little bit closer quarters. If you're fighting in the field, you want to put the ACOG. Totally got that. Here's the thing. The ACOG scope also has a red dot sight scotch tape to the top of it that you can just switch between. So it's like, then why would you ever want to, why would you ever switch to the actual like red dot sight when you can just switch to it with one button rather than having to pull up the whole gun and switch the thing and then your gun goes away. You have to... What's the point? Like that's a perfect example of like the game is too customizable for its own good and it just the design clashes with itself. It's it's a mess. I I'm honestly shocked. Like I was actually both Ryan and I, anytime we saw gameplay of it or any mention of it, we were really excited for it. And Brett yeah. was too. I was really excited for this. And I was like genuinely shocked at how like little fun I had. It was a horrible experience and no amount of this is a beta is going to change the fact that when this game comes out, it's not going to feel like a battlefield game. It's, it's just not, I feel like once you take out your defined roles, you've completely lost what made battlefield. It's like maybe with another two or three months, two to six months, probably they might be able to change some of this to, feel a little bit more distinct, but I don't know. At this rate, it's hard to say with DICE's track record recently. As soon as, as soon as you let... Games. As soon as you let everyone make whatever class they want regardless of what of what role they're in, that turns into Call of Duty, which is way less organized and it's just a bunch of running around, which is fun, but that's never what Battlefield was. It was always Because now, then you get the question always... of, why don't I just go play Call of Duty, which is probably better at that experience, right? Right. It's, it's the, the best way to describe a multiplayer, like a game of, of Battlefield is organized chaos. And now you've taken the organized out of it, and it's just chaos. But not in a in a fun way. It's just it's a mess. I, I I always come back to it's a mess. That's the best way to describe it, both from like a gameplay perspective, but also from a, like a, a nitty gritty design perspective. It's just and even like comparing that to Battlefront. Battlefront is at least a hot mess, right? <laughs> like it looks good and feels pretty fun while you're playing the mess, but you also well, don't even, expect even that had classes and roles yeah because you have your your distinct weapons. roles and when you respawn you choose your class and everything so man now i really just want to go play some battlefront <laughs> it makes me want to go back and play battlefield 5 brett who legend who like every time i feel like one of us brings up battlefield 5 brett and i always have a fight about it because we have very differing opinions on it but we were both like battlefield 5 is better than this and and that's coming from brett someone who doesn't like battlefield yeah, doesn't 5 like at all at all but he can also like understand 
what makes a Battlefield game good and also the things that Battlefield 5 did really, really well. I remember before the beta came out, we had talked about, like, we have very different opinions on this game, but we both have a similar list of things that we want DICE to run with. A lot of the controls that they did in 5 are really interesting. The the crouch sprint, the the combat role, a lot of the stuff that they did with squads and how it keeps everyone together more, the way that you can... You know, if you uh, call objectives and you actually play the objective and do what you're supposed to do, you're rewarded with points that you can spend on, like, artillery barrages and stuff. All this cool stuff that yeah. was added in 5, if they had kept going with it and and made it in a game that launched It almost well, seems like the lesson they took from 5 not having that amount of success is, okay, we just shouldn't do anything 5 did, which... The real problem was that Five didn't do that stuff early enough, or didn't take it to its conclusion, and didn't launch well. And now they've just like decided, okay, well, let's just ignore all of that. It's it's back. the it's it's the it's the uh, last Jedi effect is what I'm going to officially coin it, where you come out with something that's very controversial that splits a community in half, and so to play it safe, you go you, you don't run with it at all, and you just go in the complete opposite direction, which ends up being a detriment to whatever comes after it. Which I mean, look, happened... we're, the rise of Skywalker would have been awful either way. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no way part of the that. reason, no, 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 but part of the reason it was awful is because it was trying to act like Last Jedi didn't happen. It was, it was just trying to just a very small part of the reason. <laughs> Most of but, it was but, the directing. You know what I, mean. I get what I you mean. Like it would have been, I think we need to find a better name for it. <laughs> whatever. It would have been a significantly better movie if they had just embraced what Last Jedi did and actually ran with it. This, same thing. Five came out. It made a lot of changes that people weren't a fan of, but it had a lot of cool things in it. And instead better. of running with those things and, and fleshing them out more, they went in the complete opposite direction and it, and it bit them in Created the ass. Created a mess. Yeah. So uh, I'm angry. Uh, I'm disappointed. I'm sad. Um, we'll see if any and, of these reactions uh, change in the next couple months if they announce a delay look, or something. But and if they put in, if if they really do put in the Camaros and they have, you know, squad commands and requests and stuff, I do legitimately think that's going to help things quite a bit because again, it adds some organization to it. But again, there's no classes, and that really is what makes a battlefield game a battlefield game. So. Yeah. You know, if you've been having fun with it, God bless. I don't know how, but God bless. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that sucked. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> that sucked. It, a good note it, to it, end it on. It sucked. <laughs> All right. I like to see your overwhelmingly Ooh. negative reaction to things sometimes, and that was that's what one. we're here for. Heck of an overwhelmingly negative reaction. I, I feel like I'm usually the uh, the uh, uh, giving th people the benefit of the doubt guy around here, but this time I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> this, this sucks, and you should feel bad for making it, <laughs> or maybe just like fix it. That that's also an option. Don't feel bad for putting time into this, but no, no, feel bad. That will then motivate you to fix it, and then make you feel better. Yeah, feel better about it once it's fixed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And also, to transition us into our next topic, this is another one of those situations where people are like, oh, the game has a couple, you know, has a month or whatever before it comes out. This is just a beta. A lot of these things are going to be fixed. Listen, if you play something... That has, like, like never happened, is no, the thing. No, never. Never. The thing is, if you actually know anything about game development, you know what an actual beta looks like? This is not a beta. 
I say I feel like I say this constantly. An actual beta has got to be like at least six months before the release date, or you got to be concerned because yeah. man, it is. If this was rough. an actual beta, there would be more content to it as well because a beta isn't just oh here's a slice of most of the game, right? It a beta is like it's all in there <laughs> you know what i mean it's all like, in there maybe not all of it fully works and not all of it's entirely connected the way it you're, should you're, be you're, you're feature locked by beta the, right the if, point, if i'm remembering it correctly it depends on the studios use different terminology and whatnot our definition was you are feature locked you're not content locked so you might still be is, making levels but you're so, not adding so by that definition gameplay. it it wouldn't be a beta because like oh yeah the comma rose the, is yeah they're not in, in right like the, the, the point is it's not a vertical <laughs> slice I mean, like, vertical slice is an entirely different thing. Vertical slice is, like, intentionally something that doesn't represent the final product fully, but is, like, the gameplay-wise kind of what you can expect. Because a vertical slice is to sell the experience to investors, usually. It's not to, it's right. not a player-facing thing. Um, so it's kind of a different judgment, whereas a beta is, like, an internal development thing. And it's part of the confusion... Game, if you're making a Battlefield game and you only have one map in your beta... You're in trouble. I'll put it that way. If it was an actual beta, like in the in the in the actual term of what a beta is, you only have one map. You got to push your release back because you are so you are in far like pre-production at that point. Like yeah, <laughs> this is. I I mean I think a lot of that is coming down to this is a consumer beta, not a developer beta. They're not using the same terminology for the same thing. It's clear no, they have what? multiple maps and. Like the, I think deceptive. the reason they cut it down to one map, the reason it concerns me so much, is that if they only have one map, that to me says they are not confident enough in their any of their other maps to put two in, right? Because like a good number for a beta is maybe put in two of these big maps, so people can get a feel for the two of them, and you don't reveal everything the game has to offer. Instead, they put in one, and it's one that is, of the maps we've seen shown for the game, kind of looks to be the least interesting. That's worrying, where we don't see a lot of those more in-depth effects on the map at play. In the back of my mind, I was constantly comparing this to the Call of Duty Vanguard beta, which I also played yeah. a bit of. And I'm that, sorry. Well, you know what? I'll put it this. I'll, I'll give it this. It was a much better showcase of the overall game. I thought it was a much... I had much more... Because well, like, I'm thinking back to when that. we played the Cold War beta, and like the Cold War beta had like a couple different maps for every game mode. And, you and can it play, also like, had other game yeah, modes. Yeah, it had like all the game modes in there that you could test out. And there may not have been a lot of maps for all of them, but you could play every game mode, and there was a lot of different content in there. And there was proper like class customization as well, yeah, up to, it, like, it up to like level really 10 or something. Because like even if Cold War didn't launch in the best state, like we had a lot of fun with the beta. Because, hey, we, we got to play Call of Duty for free for a little while. And that's always <laughs> going to be decently a good time, because Call of Duty is a game that specializes in just giving you a, a short good time. So... It's the kind of thing where it's disappointing to see that Battlefield can't do the long-term stuff that Battlefield is kind of a franchise that's it's known for that. So I, I cannot stress enough how annoyed I get when something is called a beta when it is more clearly a, a demo of like very yeah. selected, curated content. Well, because like if this is a demo of curated content, it's not showing well. That's the problem, no. right? But if it's a beta, that's also... It's also not reflective of like the actual development. Because like we were we were what planning to talk is. about betas and like the industry using beta incorrectly and whatnot, at least in the consumer facing side. And I, this is bringing me back to when we played Avengers. And Avengers, the beta for that game was just horrid. 
Like it was, I cannot imagine playing that beta and then going like, oh, I want to go pay $60 for this game because yeah. it was it's supposed, it's supposed near to, unplayable. It, it's a, a beta or a demo. Let's call them what they are. Yeah, they, they are right? meant to be demos right now. A demo is supposed to, hey, this game is in development. We've picked some content that we're, that is complete. And we want to show you what it's like. We want to. Yeah. We want you to be interested and play a little bit of the game. So play a you slice want to, play to get data. the idea that you want to play more of the game. Right. And so it's. I don't, I get so angry. I I like stop. My brain stops functioning. Because I mean, Cause like, like, like our terminology here of of kind of the demo versus beta thing is a real beta is gonna be like two or three months at least out from release. Like it's right. got to have enough time for you to change it. Like the Halo Infinite test flight. They don't even technically call it a beta. They call it a test flight. They have their own terminology, which is good because. So I had the technical. What was it called? Yeah, the technical, the technical preview. I think was what it was officially called. Preview, right? And right. that is a much better set of terms to use to describe the state of that game because, like, the Halo Infinite beta, even for the negative things we had to say about some parts of it, was infinitely more fun. Get yeah. it? Infinite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> than what this is. This Battlefield beta has kind of come off as and. Like, at least the comparison I'm using, since I wasn't able to get in the game for the the beta, <laughs> was the Avengers beta, which I played a decent chunk of and hated every second of it. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think this is just a thing where, like, the industry demos can work when they're done right, but you have to have a good thing to show, right? Because a demo recently that really sold me on a game was the Tales of Arise demo which does a great job of plopping you into an open-world section of that game where you can run around, go kill some monsters, do little party chat things with your group, look at Wasn't your art. it arts. also called a demo? It was a demo. It was a proper demo where you went in and you downloaded the demo from the store. You had like three or four hours worth of stuff in there where you could go run around and just do open-world shenanigans for a little while. Mm-hmm. It doesn't carry over into the main game because it's not... <laughs> it starts way later into the story than the main game actually starts. But The only reason it's fun. that these... There's there is only one reason in my mind why these things are called betas. It's because yes, we know this game is going to be rough. It's going to be in a rough technical state at launch because that's just how AAA game development works now. Yeah. But if you release your demo and call it a beta, you're giving people the false hope that oh, things a lot will be of fixed. these technical issues will be fixed. We're not going to say that they're going to be fixed. We're not putting that we're not writing that down. But by calling it a beta, there's an unspoken sort of promise it changes expectations better right because like i I think the important thing was if we had played this beta six months out from release i think we would be far less negative on it just because like at that point there's enough time to actually believe them when they say we're going to get these command systems and and whatnot and they're not here because like then you have the time this game comes out in just over 30 days and in, you got to ship the game to disc and whatnot. You have to get all this distribution stuff done. You need to go through certification for the consoles. Like, you cannot make that many changes in that time span. So even if, if this is a two-month-old build, it's still concerning. Map, if you don't have all your maps done to the point where you don't can want at least to show off, like, one more of them. them. Yeah. Especially considering how big these maps are and how much time it would take to really, like get a lot of the fine finer details of map design with these gigantic maps it's yeah it's so disingenuous it's so scummy because there are still people out there that will make the it's just a beta argument like i i don't 
those people still exist and it drives me crazy. Well, it's also plenty of people who play Battlefield and Call of Duty don't play a lot of other games, so they may not have been exposed to a beta like that before that has burned them to where they're not going to buy into this, right? So now this is a thing that like a franchise can do once, right? They can put out a beta like this one time and probably recover public opinion wise if they fix the game. But DICE is in a position where they have not had a good launch in since Battlefield 4. And even Battlefield 4 didn't have the best of launches. Well, Battlefield, Battlefield 1 was probably the best launch of a Battlefield game. At all. The best launch, but it was also like rose-tinted glasses because that was one of the first major World War One shooters that we kind of went back to a different time period. So people were kind of looking at it with a different perspective. Whereas now we're trying to return to this modern setting, this like near-future setting, and it's just not shaping up well. Yeah, it's shaping up to be disappointing, and it's just like this handling of betas is so disingenuous to what a beta actually is, and it's also such like a a scummy tactic to where I go if I want to play a game that's in a proper beta, I could go play a game on early access that's probably infinitely more polished than this beta was, right? And I was just saying, I was just saying that like the the Vanguard beta had a better showing. But, I mean, they're guilty of the same thing. I mean, the, the, they had their beta not too long before the launch of the game. And I want to say maybe two or three weeks before the beta, they had what was called their alpha, which was one game mode with no progression whatsoever. Like, mm -hmm. if you're making a Call of Duty game and your alpha is one game mode with no progression, you had randomized, like, character um, operators that you In industry you terms, that's a pitch. That. Right, that is not a yeah. That's not even that's an alpha or beta. That no. is a pitch to investors that we're we that's can make a, a game for, off this. That's a pitch for one game mode. Call of Duty has been known to have yeah. like this wide variety of game modes because now they have their campaign, they have their multiplayer, they have Warzone. But within their multiplayer, it's like they have all these different game modes, and they have the weirder ones too. Like you have all your core modes, but then you had this one which was in their alpha. It was this weird like round robin two v two thing. It's like. That's not your alpha. Your alpha should show off at least a little bit of your three kind of core sections, but also it should show off a little bit from each mode, ideally, because all the modes are balanced differently there to achieve, you know, a different kind of experience. So, again, just disingenuous <laughs> completely. Yeah. It's just very <laughs> concerning. I think it's the industry as a whole really needs to move away from this handling of demos and betas because it is i think the more this happens the less people are going to trust it and it's going to hit critical mass at some point of now you can't do this anymore it's a kind of short-term thinking that runs into these huge problems all the time in the real world where you get these issues of like if you think in the short term like this and constantly put out these betas that are aren't working well and then repeatedly don't fix problems by the release you're going to end up in the cyberpunk situation of like ruining your company's Ooh. reputation over something that could have been avoided, which is the huge stopping point of just like, don't overpromise. Actually, make it clear that this is, if it's a beta, make it clear it's a beta and the game is not coming out soon enough to where that's a concern, right? Right. Well, just, you also run into the issue of like, you also run into the issue if you're a, a franchise like Call of Duty, where you come out with a game every single year and you have a bad launch. People only really have a year to enjoy that game while it's relevant until the next one, 
you know, yeah. kind of takes over interest. So if you spent the first half of your game's lifespan dicking around trying to fix it while also trying to release all the content that you had planned, you know, that's six months of a game not working the way it should. It's like, this is literally, this is what happened. We had a company who did this, right? They're called Square Enix, and that's Final Fantasy XIV. When it originally came out, that game was a disaster, right? So you have to, if you're going to keep with that thing, you've got to turn it around. And then you can have your critically acclaimed free trial memes, right? So I just want to see if Battlefield can turn around and, and come up with some critically acclaimed free trial memes. That's really the end point I want for this. It's for them to announce Realm Reborn Battlefield. <laughs> Battlefield 2042, a time period reborn. <laughs> time period. Time period revisited. Because every Battlefield game is defined by its time period. Yeah, yeah. By its setting. Yeah, I, it's I a don't good know. quality it's joke. Disappointing. Darn it. <laughs> okay. So finally, we're going to move on just to describing a few of the things we've been playing this week, and we've been dominating the conversation, Alex. So why don't you enlighten us on the games that you have played this past couple of weeks? Plus, I need a minute to let Wyatt to calm, calm down. down. <laughs> um. Okay, well, the first thing that I played, um, tried to play, uh, was super hot again again All but right. then i realized oh wait i still have to wait the two and a half hours and i tried that twice and i got tired of it and shut it off <laughs> is it the um, original or this is the uh, uh mind control delete the the okay. second one prequel the um, weird roguelite kind of thing um so i tried that um what was uh oh yeah i think i'm almost done with chronos before the ashes uh that i got on the uh which went went back on that um how how is that holding up for you because that's one of those few games that is a um a vr port to flat screen so it has it felt good to play yeah, it feels it feels like a, a diet Dark Souls thing. It feels like a watered down Dark Souls. Diet Dark Souls, good way to put it. Yeah, diet um, souls. Diet souls. <laughs> now with half the calories and um, half the rage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um. Same yeah, great pretty, taste. <laughs> pretty pretty basic everything else. Um, meta okay combat, but it still has the like Dark Souls esque feel to it with diet um feels like a very five to six out of ten experience is what you're describing right now yeah yeah um got up one more level so i'm almost level 15 in the critically acclaimed free trial final fantasy 14 oh yeah then we can run sustasha (laughs) and power level not 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 you too alex oh god um join us why of course (laughs) my 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 destiny doings destiny two Uh. um and then I'd like I Yeah, not one game has really dominated my week. I've been touching on a bunch of stuff. Um very differential then, week. Yeah, and then I did more Assassin's Creed Odyssey and finished the the main story, I guess. The like main game main story. Do you have the the DLCs with the version you're playing? 
I have Atlantis. I don't know if there's another. Is there like a Skuller of the first blade or something? I think no, Atlantis is the first one. Okay. And then Atlantis like... is the big one. The first blade was like a pre-order bonus or something from what I remember. Uh, Some weird um, side thing. Then yeah, I think unless I'm mistaken, I have Atlantis. I don't remember paying for it. I mean, if you bought the game recently, I think it's been bundled in almost all the versions that I are out there. I have not bought it recently. <laughs> a couple years ago. Maybe um, it just showed up at some point. I Maybe? Because I'm... I, I don't want to get too spoilery, but there's, like, keys that you have to collect. And I feel like the keys wouldn't be in the game without the DLC. But if if I get to like put the keys in the keyhole and then it says buy the DLC to continue, I could see that happening. I'm, I'd be really upset. I could see that being a Ubisoft thing to do. If you get all the way to the end, you're like, oh, I got everything to go see the DLC. Give us your five dollars. Pay the five dollar ticket fee, please. Hand it over. Give us the greenbacks. Yep. If you want to understand what's happening in Valhalla, you'll give us your money now. <laughs> Alright, so I, I've been playing a, an interesting game this week. So thinking back, like about a month ago, and all the New World stuff was, was going down, we were talking about it, and I was like, ah, this doesn't really seem like a game for me, right? I'm not into PvP, I'm not into all this stuff. Old oh, friend no. from high school comes up to me and is like, hey, I'm really in a new world right now. You should play it with me. I was like, you know what? Fine. Oh, no. Oh, I'll play new world with you because it's not full price. It's not a sub fee. So I'm like, worst case scenario, I'll just refund it if I don't like it. Fast forward. I've played like 10 hours of new world in the past week after thinking I wasn't going to play it at all. I'm really positive on new world. <laughs> Importantly, oh, no. I oh, think no. the reason is because it is basically just RuneScape. It is RuneScape again, oh. but 3D, and, and like full 3D and everything, which is very fun if you're the kind of person that grew up on that sort of game. I do think this game has the issue of they're not going to have enough content to keep people around because leveling is pretty slow, and as soon as you start hitting this in-game stuff, I'm very worried that the casual player base is not going to get to max level to do the in-game things. So I think the player base is going to have issues before they hit that. And there's a lot of smaller problems I have with the game. But overwhelmingly, it's been a, a good experience, which is not what I thought I would be saying about New World. Thank you for saying that it's runescape because it's immense that I do not want to play it now. Because <laughs> it, it's, like, not new RuneScape-esque. It's, it's RuneScape a la 2008, right? Oh, 2007. I know. To I where, just, like, technically I, I, referred to as RuneScape Classic. Or yeah, something. RuneScape Classic. Yeah. To where, like, you can kind of level everything at once. You have every weapon you can use on the same character. They scale off different attributes. But you can, like, level all your weapons independently. You can level all your crafting stuff independently and pick your your perks and whatnot. So there's a ton of different leveling things to do. And that's always the thing that gets me with MMO. Is like, the, part of the reason I love Final Fantasy is I can level every class on one character. And I don't have the stress of being like, okay... It, did I pick the right class or not? Because I can just go switch it and play something else. In a new world, you can just, if you don't want to play the thing you're playing now, you can just respec and then play something different. So it makes it very easy to, to swap thing, your build around if you don't like it. You can like freely respec up until level 20 or so. So you have a lot of time to like choose what build you want to do. And the action combat works pretty well. It's very engaging for what it is. It's not going to keep people that are like hardcore raiders or whatnot around because. 
you only have six skills total, and they're spread across two weapons, so you can only use three of them at a time. So it's a little bit restrictive, and there's only really one build for all of them. It's not like a, a World of Warcraft where you can have different talents or something, but if you're into the crafting stuff, and if you're into, like, using a guild and operating different towns, the, the coolest thing I've done in the game so far is... I joined the server that had these three factions that you can join at a certain point, and they're constantly at war with each other, basically. Even if you're not doing PvP, you can't, like, go kill the other player if you're not flagged for PvP, but you can, like, get bonuses and detriments depending on who owns every territory in the game. Hmm. So, in the server I'm in, the faction I decided to join owns uh, two territories now, there's another faction that owns three, and one of them has one. So when you're going across the map, you have to kind of keep an eye on whose faction territory you're in. And then you can make claims and go declare war on the other faction to create like these massive server-wide events where you can like have your faction like cool. Zerg rush each other. And that is like a super cool thing. The biggest concern I have is that the, that stuff is very restrictive to your average player who isn't kind of tuned into how they work. Like the only reason I really got to participate in it is because I joined a random guild that was like, oh, we're gonna do some PvP stuff. And I was like, all right, I'll try it out and just got to do a little bit of it. But for people that are like your average player who just picked up New World uh, not off the shelves because, you know, the end times is still happening, but <laughs> at your local Steam store and is just playing the game, I don't think you're going to have the reaction of, oh, I want to go do PvP, right? So I think they need to find ways to, like, incentivize that that isn't so detrimental to, like, you're going to get constantly killed by level 40 people if you're level 10, so... That's like the the biggest set of concerns I have. But right now, the game is really unique in what it offers to MMO people. And it's also not super cash hungry, which is nice. Because the, the only stuff in the cosmetic store is cosmetics. And none of them look particularly good. So, <laughs> not, re not really well, a reason Well, that's convenient. Like, well, I'm a huge fan of it. The game has really good looking regular armor. Because you nice. have like really cool historical gear of like my characters outfitted in like a witch hunter gear set that's like based on colonial pilgrim attire like well, this looks what, super cool that's what looked that's what was appealing to me was the the setting i feel like is pretty unique for a yeah. for an mmo the setting really i like neat. that setting i like that that because um what's the other um greedfall has a very kind of similar yeah, it's very greedful it's it's one that i feel like i i want to see more of because it's I don't feel like we get enough of it in like we don't get that like 1700s colonial fantasy. That's not a with, common with the, thing. With the wide brim, giant yep. feather, like three musketeers type of. I could really go for a three musketeers game now. Well, that's what's yeah. really cool about this. So there's a weapon in this game called muskets, which is like a. It's you have your bow and you Are have your musket. Are there three of them? You well, there can be. The cool thing with the musket is you like have longer reload times, but do more damage per shot than other things. So when I was doing the PvP raid, there's like a tier of this castle that you can stand on when you're defending. And there was like an entire line of people that had geared their character around muskets on that thing, doing like actual firing lines <laughs> into the That's rush awesome. of players trying to raid the castle on the bottom, which was super oh, cool. Like that was very colonial. And it's also very manageable as a player because like you have people running around and then you have your fantasy staff <laughs> mage dude come out and start healing everybody while they're getting fired at by muskets and it's very fun. Uh, that was a very cool thing to do. So I'm curious to see how this game ages. I, I think the thing that I, I had thought was a major negative about the game, the whole they pivoted what the game was going to be about a year ago, 
to focus less on hardcore PvP and more on PvE and like softcore PvP. And I was super worried. I was like, oh, they've only had like a year to a year and a half to really make the game fit that vision. If this is what they were able to do in a year to a year and a half, I really want to see what they've managed to do in six months, right? <laughs> this is right, the kind of right. thing where if they keep up the pace they've been going at, this could have some really, really cool post-launch stuff in six months to a year. So mm -hmm. I think it'd be a good game to like revisit every few months. Yeah, that's been a lot of fun. All right, Wyatt. <laughs> you want to take yeah. this away? Yeah. Um, so last week I talked about I was playing... Um... Dead Space. And because it's October, tis the season, I'm going to be plowing through all the Dead Space games. So right now I'm on yep. Dead Space 2, which is uh, really good. <laughs> I really like Dead Space 2 quite a bit. Um, it's more my speed, everything. The controls feel a little bit tighter. Combat's a little bit faster. Um, there's definitely more of like an action focus than the first game. Um, it definitely feels like what Aliens was to Alien, you know? Uh, an action movie with uh, with sprinkles of horror in there. That's a lot. Uh, that's a lot of what Dead Space Two feels like. It's more action oriented, but still has some pretty good scares in there. Um, I I'm, I mean I'm not a fan of everything that the game is doing. I think the shop is really overcrowded um, because not only do they have different weapons for you to pick up, they have different like types of the same weapon. So it's like, oh, here's the javelin, but here's also the bloody javelin that does different things, or the agility javelin that does that has slightly different specs, but not enough to really make it distinct enough. And so what it does is that it really overcrowds the shop where like you have this giant list of weapons where I'm almost through the entire game now and I haven't used half of them because they all just feel There's very like no similar. reason to. Yeah, I feel like if they wanted to have different like if you wanted to spec out your weapon differently, I feel like they could have changed the way that upgrades work because you can find upgrade nodes that then like up, you know, increase the damage or the alt fire damage or something. And it's the exact same system from the first game, except they give you way more nodes now. Um, and I feel like if you wanted to have these different weapon types, you could have used the upgrade system to kind of like spec into the the type of weapon that you wanted. So if I wanted a javelin that fired full auto i could spec into that with nodes rather than just getting a separate weapon that does that um because like, like i said it really overcrowded same thing with the suits um you're not getting like like a schematic that will increase your suits inventory and its armor you have different types of suits that do different things but again it feels so like oh this one does five percent more damage if you're using the pulse rifle or it's like the armor in mass effect 2 where it doesn't really feel like it does anything yeah, and again, I feel like you could have just saved that for the upgrades uh, using nodes and stuff, and I think that probably would have made things a lot better. Because if you want to buy ammo, the stuff that you usually go to a shop for, you have to scroll down like three or four columns or rows worth of stuff just to get to the ammo that you actually want. Yeah. And so it feels really... It's a small thing, but it feels really overcluttered. Um, yeah, but I mean, the um, it, it, the the protagonist is voiced. Finally, um, <laughs> y'all know how I feel about silent protagonists. I don't care the context. I hate them. And I hate what it does to the script because you, everyone's just talking at them or around them. And so it makes you feel a lot less important as a protagonist, uh, at least for me. Um, but he's voiced. I think the voice actor does a good job. Um, I don't think he's the most interesting character in the world. I, there's a There's an interesting arc that he goes on 
um, that's a little bit separated from the main story, uh, kind of like the the story that's happening in the moment that isn't quite as uh, engaging. Um, but no, I it um, it's really really fun. I love the change that they made to the zero grav sequences, where you can like fully fly around them in 3D space now, rather than like floating to a surface to walk on it. So there's gives you a lot more freedom there. Um, the boss fights that are in there are a lot of fun. Um, everything's a little bit tighter. Everything's a little bit faster because again, it has more of an action edge to it which i like quite it's a, a sequel that like enhanced what came before and is actually trying to like do some new things it's a it's a sequel yeah it's a sequel that feels better to me it's the kind of thing where like if you want more of a horror game play the first one if you want something that's a bit more action heavy play the second one it, again it's like alien and aliens if you want a horror movie watch alien if you want an action it's like the difference movie, between horror and a thriller right 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 um you gotta love tighter and faster yeah no and and that's that's what I prefer, some people are going to prefer the first one because of how slow it is, and I totally, I totally get that. Um, but no, I I've been really enjoying it so much so that I have completely forgotten that Dreamscaper exists, which makes me feel sad <laughs> because I really liked what I played of Dreamscaper. It's just I, I gotta play Dead Space. It's so it's so good, and I can't wait to be disappointed by the third one. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and also never be able to try the multiplayer mode for two, which I keep forgetting exists. <laughs> huh. It was mm-hmm. an, a mandate by EA at the time where they had to have some sort of online functionality. And because they couldn't get co-op working, they decided to go for a competitive multiplayer instead. Ew. Yeah. Right. I heard it wasn't even bad. It's just not what people played it for. And just no well, it's also it. like a weird thing. EA has a history of doing that, of adding like weird multiplayer to their franchises that is kind of good, but like doesn't fit the franchise. Dragon Age Inquisition had one that just... Yeah, no Dragon Age Mass Effect had them. Mass Effect also has one. Assassin's that Creed one... is an EA, but they had it too. Although although I will say that Mass Effect's worthless. Yeah, Mass Effect's multiplayer was a lot... I'm actually sad Mass Effect's multiplayer didn't make the cut for the remastered collection because I'm like I would I would have totally gone back and played some of them. It's it's neat, especially because if you if you actually like um, engage in the multiplayer, it actually affects the single player story because it improves your uh, what's it called like galactic readiness or your armada readiness your war or score it's your war score right, which which I thought that was actually kind of cool, um, but of course if you're playing it now. No one's playing it, so you gotta make up for it. Sometimes. Yeah, it doesn't age super well. But no, I I like it quite a bit. Um, I wish it had a more interesting story. Um, the part of the story that is interesting kind of like bashes you in the head with its theme right at the end, which is kind of annoying. Um, I kind of wish they had kept it a bit more vague and a bit more subtle. Um, but no, there's some good horror sequences. There's a lot of fun action sequences. Um. I don't think the level design's quite as good. I think the first game did a, a slightly better job of. of is the second game longer variety. than the first game? No, uh, it has more chapters, but it's shorter. Really, <laughs> and it, it has all this extra stuff in it, which that feels yeah. a little bit out of place. If it's because, because again, I think the pace is faster, so you're going by the content okay. a lot quicker. Mm. Like, like just even the little things, like your base walk speed is faster. You can melee a lot quicker. You can. You you reload your weapons. You're more capable of fighting. You're back. more. You're a lot more. Yeah, you have a lot more agility. Character um, quote unquote growth through mechanics, I guess, showing that you're a more experienced person from the first game. With how they with how they um, connect one and two, 
not really. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil. It probably it. was just them kind of reacting to how games at the time were changing. Well, well, I think it was too. I think EA, from what I remember looking up, uh, looking up info about the game, EA wanted something more action heavy, and then they went too far in three, from what I understand. But, yeah, definitely. Um, but no, it's been really, really good. Um, the other thing that that both Ryan and I've been playing. Oh, we're gonna get to um, that. That that's gonna be our end note, Wyatt. <laughs> Because we gotta wait to give like full impressions of that. So, with that, oh we're gonna move into shoutouts. Because why didn't I have a joint one today? It's gonna be a doozy. So, Alex, what is your shoutout today? My beer battered and deep fried shrimp that I made for dinner. Ooh, oh, delicious! With I'm very jealous. With garlic, ginger, jasmine rice. Oh my uh, god! Corn to offset the spiciness. And what else? The some Thai sweet chili sauce for dipping the shrimp in. Ooh, nice oh mix God. of flavors there. Very fun. A very fun night. Wow. All right. So uh, Wyatt and I have been suffering for this entire day. After we were just like, you know what? It takes two is a great game. Let's play a bit. It was. It takes two. So oh, God, we don't happened? normally talk about spoilers on this show. I'm going to put up a spoiler warning here for anyone listening that we're going to spoil not the, the whole story of It Takes Two or anything, but a specific Just one moment, one very impactful scene of It Takes Two. So if you want to play this and suffer through it <laughs> in the best way, don't listen to this this ending segment. But if you, if you don't think you're going to play it, uh, we're going to talk about this segment because we both have to cope with it. And now you you have to cope with us, too. So think of this, think of this as an open therapy session. <laughs> Um, and so I want to I want to preface before we go into this. I want to preface this by saying I've been it's October. I've been fully enveloped in horror recently. I've been playing through Mass Effect. I want to play through um, uh, Resi Two Remake at some point. I've been watching uh, Midnight Mass on Netflix, uh, which is a really fun drama horror show. If you haven't seen it before, it's really really good. a lot of spooky Halloween it. all around. Right. This is by far the most horrific thing i have encountered this entire halloween season <laughs> it is <laughs> i don't even know I have, there's like a, there has to be like a content warning for this we're going to talk about like dismemberment <laughs> what what the <laughs> it takes two isn't a horror game guys <laughs> okay i'm okay i'm i'm going to set the stage is that okay Ryan? i'm going to yeah, yeah, set, set the stage set the stage have we already used our our one f bomb yet We'll, no, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, no, no, <laughs> leave it to us. I feel yeah. like we deserve to use it anyway. Yeah. So I'm gonna give a little bit. So I'm gonna talk about in the game, uh, the basic premise. This isn't a spoiler. This is the basic premise. You and your uh, wife have been turned into dolls because of various reasons, and you're trying to turn back into humans by working together. That's the premise of the game. For some reason, they and again, full spoilers. For this section, their current objective for what we're doing right now is uh, when our daughter cried after learning that we were getting divorced, it's what turned us into dolls. So their thought process is we have to make our daughter cry on us again. And they also like mention Sleeping humans. Beauty at some point briefly and are like, oh, it's mythology of the, the tears save you or whatever. It makes more it, it makes slightly more sense <laughs> the way they say it anyway. So their idea to make their 
own daughter cry is to, to fix has, them back into regular people. Right. They are like, okay, she has this favorite toy. It's this adorable stuffed elephant called Cutie. Thing called cutie or queen cutie because she runs the castle that her dad made for her or with her so they're like okay if we kill cutie oh no we can make her cry and turn us back into humans so (laughs) there is a whole section of the game where you're going through this lovely castle area we were farting around with different things it was a lot of fun then we get to queen cutie and when we walk in, she's I feel like Wyatt and I this entire time expected the end to be like, oh, we're not actually going to kill Queen Cutie, right? Yeah. Like, there's yeah. going to be some realize, thing where they realize this is realize, such a stupid idea. Well, they're going to realize, oh, my God, we're making our daughter cry. There has to be a better way. Yeah. <laughs> or something. When you get to Queen Cutie, Queen Cutie's like, hi, friends. I'm having a tea party. Do you want to join me and have a fun time? And then no. it's this this series of events of you trying to capture Cutie and kill it and, and kill the stuff. Queen animal. Cutie goes to escape with a rocket and then launches herself into a crane machine and you use a claw you hand to... to pick her up by the head and like extract her. But then but then oh she gets caught on the way out of, of the claw machine, she gets caught in the little metal flap. Yep. So no. you have to pull her down, no. which rips her leg off. And then you're you're dragging her over to the ledge. So that While she's screaming her. and crying the entire she's time. Like, she's like, no, why are you doing this? Friends are supposed to be nice to each and other. And you have to like press buttons during this. This is like a quick time event yeah. <laughs> that you're doing. The moment, there's a moment where... Button mash to rip leg off. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's a moment where a screwdriver nails her her ear no. into the into the table, and so then you have to pull, and it rips her ear off as you're pulling her over to the ledge. And the entire time, she's like, "Why are you doing this? Everything's going fuzzy." This is psychological horror. This is an extended the like course... five minute sequence. Yeah, this is, it's long. You throw her off oh, the edge, God. but she's holding on with her hands. So you got to do the scar, like Lion King, where you put your foot on her face and then have to spam the button to kick her off the edge Why? while she's crying. And she's Why and, and she's like fear... trying to bargain with you and like, hey, let's just. Let's do something else. Let's be friends. And it's like, oh why my would the God. tears of your child after you do something this awful turn you back into humans? Because it's what turned them into dolls in the first place. So that's oh, what when, they assume. So at this point, Wyatt and I were not with them mentally. We were like, oh my! I think both of us were like stunned this entire sequence. I I legitimately felt like like a piece of shit. Like it, it was horrific. And look, I've been cutting limbs off in Dead Space 1 and 2 collectively oh. probably thousands of times. I've never felt this, this much awful. about cutting off a limb before. <laughs> importantly, like, there's no blood here. It's all, like, fluff and, and into, like, Toy Story logic. No point they thought, let's not go through with this. Well, the entire time they're also like, hey, we really don't want to do this, but we have to. <laughs> like oh they've convinced oh. themselves this is the only thing to do and of course it makes their daughter cry and then they laugh while dancing on her tears going yes cry more so we can turn back and then it doesn't the tears, work sweetie like it doesn't work good they don't <laughs> deserve it it's the worst but, but it, the it is like entire time i was like they're not gonna go through with this like there's no yeah. way that they can go through with this and oh, then they went through man. with it and it was 
Look, we're it, we're horrified, but importantly, that was a really, really well-made scene. It was. It was it extremely was. effective because you know they want you to feel bad. <laughs> they oh. really want you to feel bad, God. and why? And I felt very bad <laughs> the entire time. Do you, so. My question to you, Ryan: Do you think there's going to be a sequence where they stitch the the elephant back together? Either I think we're going to. Gameplay? I think one of two things is going to happen. Mister uh, Queen Cutie is going to be repaired either by the daughter. Or by mm -hmm. them, so that's that's definitely going to happen at some point. I think we're going to see Cutie again. Do you think it's going to be this boss fight where Cutie is just? That's like, what I'm wondering. Oh, dare you? And then she turns. Is if we're going to get an evil Cutie boss fight? That'd be that would be true tragedy. If that happens, if we get a, if we get a Queen Cutie boss fight, I'm going to let it is Kojima worthy. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Queen Cutie. Yeah, she's got to kill us at least couple. once. Yeah, I think that's only she deserves fair. it. It is, man. That scene was legitimately traumatizing. There were there were moments where Ryan and I said nothing. We were absolutely speechless. Like, but Alex, I'll show you a clip of this scene after this, so you oh, can experience oh, the pain. Because I don't oh, think even God. us talking about it is selling how horrifying this was. It was because truly if it, horrifying. If it was a quick thing where maybe we just push her off the ledge or something, but it's this drawn out like five minute sequence longer than five minutes like, yeah it was like eight minutes or so by the time we were done like almost like just under 10 minutes of just her just just begging for her life <laughs> essentially horrifying all right so on that cheery oh, note man. we're done with the episode <laughs> and of course ryan and i had to uh to tag team this um this shout out because of course yep. it takes two yep and with that as always podcast 7 a.m tuesday mornings on the platform of your choice, YouTube, Twitch, Spotify, all of those things. And sure. check us out. Oh, God. Even talking.